It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. One of the things that I learned in Washington, D.C. and working in a number of different political campaigns is often it's the speech not given that can have the greatest lines, the greatest insight, the most powerful perspective. And uh, it was caught recently, uh, a new book uh, is out that I suggest you put on your summer reading list. Jeff Nussbaum uh, wrote a book called Undelivered, The Never Heard Speeches That Would Have Rewritten History. So Undelivered, The Never Heard Speeches uh, That Would Have Rewritten History. And it's a really fascinating look. Uh, He looks at some of the speeches that were being worked on uh, by people like John F. Kennedy, FDR, Albert Einstein, Pope Pius XI, uh, all were working on particular speeches uh, and never delivered them. Uh, there's also a, uh, a great speech, which uh, would have been uh, President-elect Hillary Clinton. Of course, on that very close election, you have to write two speeches. This is something that we often don't think about when you think about campaigns and campaign speeches. Uh, I always called it the uh, but-if-not speech. So, of course, you want to win. So you want to have a really powerful uh, congratulatory to the staff and your voters and supporters uh, kind of speech if you win. But if not, if for some reason you end up losing, you better have something good to say. Uh, Often those speeches, the concession speeches, I think are often some of the best in our nation's history. Uh, And so you always have to have these speeches going and many of them never get delivered. Or you may be writing a speech about some success uh, that a member of Congress is anticipating for a a bill to pass or to be signed by the president. And it doesn't always go that way. And sometimes you end up booked to deliver a speech and suddenly the dynamics change or the world changes. There's a a tragic event or outbreak of, uh, of war or a national crisis of some sort. And suddenly you're finding yourself stepping to a microphone and you need to deliver a very different speech than the one that you prepared. And so I want to talk about one of those that uh, I think is, is could actually be more timely today than it could have been the day that it would have been delivered. And, of course, that was the speech that then President John F. Kennedy would have delivered, if not for the tragic events and assassination of that awful day in Dallas. But I want to go into some of the things that he was set to deliver uh, in a speech because I think they are timely. I think they're also timeless. But he talked was going to talk to this group that had educators, business leaders, community leaders, politicians, a host of uh, different interest groups there. Uh, but he was to start this speech uh, with a, a message of leadership. And he made this important connection that leadership and learning are indispensable to each other. He would have said the advancement of learning depends on community leadership for financial and political support and the products of that learning. Those products in turn are essential to the leadership's hope for continued progress and prosperity. 
And so that was kind of the, the, the beginning framing for a speech. Again, this is the speech that John F. Kennedy would have delivered on that fateful day in Dallas. And I, I want to dig into some of the things uh, that were written in that speech, again, that he was never able to deliver, but that I think are so important for our time. Uh, he wrote in that speech uh, this phrase. Listen to this. He said, We in this country, in this generation, are by destiny rather than by choice, the watchmen on the walls of world freedom. We ask, therefore, that we may be worthy of our power and responsibility, that we may exercise our strength with wisdom and restraint, that we may achieve in our time and for all time the ancient vision of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. That must always be our goal, and the righteousness of our cause must always underlie our strength. So really interesting that those were the words that John F. Kennedy would have delivered in Dallas, that it is up to us to be the watchmen on the walls of world freedom. And then really a a prayer uh, that we would be worthy of the power and responsibility, that we would exer- exercise our strength with wisdom and restraint. Love that. And that we could achieve in our time and for all time that vision of peace on earth and goodwill toward men. So interesting. And uh, so the president would have continued on uh, in a, another section of this same speech that uh, I want to get into that I think is is equal and vitally important to our day. So he said, America's leadership must be guided by the lights of learning and reason, or else those who confuse rhetoric with reality and the plausible with the possible will again, well, excuse me, will gain the popular ascendancy with their seemingly swift and simple solutions to every world problem. So having those lights of learning and reason, uh, that rhetoric is not reality, that we, we cannot, we cannot uh, just give in to those who have these swift and simple solutions to very complicated world problems. Uh, he also distinguished the kind of attitude uh, that many of the naysayers of the day uh, had back in the 60s. Uh, and again, tell me if this doesn't ring true today. He said the dissident voices uh, will always be expressing opposition without alternatives, finding fault but never favor, perceiving gloom on every side and seeking influence without responsibility. That was pretty prophetic from John F. Kennedy. Again, the speech never delivered. And how many today, how often do we talk about it on this show? Opposition without alternatives doesn't fly in my book. We know what you're against. Tell us what you're for. And we have to make sure that we don't buy into those, especially in our social media circles, who seek influence without responsibility. Kennedy also would have said on that day that ignorance and misinformation can handicap the progress of a city or a company, but they can, if allowed to prevail in foreign policy, handicap this country's security. Kennedy also would have said, we cannot expect that everyone will talk sense to the American people, but we can hope that fewer people will listen 
to the nonsense. Love that. <laughs> Let's talk a little more sense and a little less of the nonsense. And then let me go to the conclusion of this speech never delivered uh, by then President John F. Kennedy. He said, it should be clear by now that a nation can be no stronger abroad than she is at home. Only in America, which practices what it preaches about equal rights and social justice, will be respected by those whose choice affects our future. Only in America, which has fully educated its citizens, is fully capable of tackling the complex problems and perceiving the hidden dangers of the world in which we live. And only in America, which is growing and prospering economically, can sustain the worldwide defenses of freedom while demonstrating to all the opportunities our system and society provide. Uh, Again, a speech never delivered, uh, one worth going back and taking a look at today. So many answers for our time and for all time. Well, that wraps it up for us on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Thanks for joining us today. And as always, as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on any smart speaker and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.